This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So welcome back guys to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. I hope all is well with you today. This brand new beginning, this fresh start. What great news it is that we can begin again. That we can give ourselves and all we've ever met a fresh start. This is part four of our series on entering into rest. And we're talking today about learning the unforced rhythms of grace. We unpack that, we open it up, uh, I share some personal uh, testimony. I was sharing this earlier with a group of guys at a men's rehab called The Haven up on the west coast of Scotland and it really was a privilege to see how it was received, the breakthrough that people had. So I pray as you listen in today, this is a breakthrough day for you. There's clarity, there's light, there's truth that makes you free as you listen in. So God bless you. How are you all doing? All right. Good to see you all. For those that don't know me, my name's Derek Moyer. Uh, I run a charity called the Freedom Fighters. God called me to do that back in 2008. And uh, specifically, I was reaching out to folk who had drug-induced psychosis like I had. Who'd lived in the same prison after all the years of abuse with drugs. And I felt God had told me, I want you to reach people who are living in the same prisons that you were. So that's how the name came, Freedom Fighters, because I had a vision. And the vision came in 2009 after I went to this uh, uh, minister who was speaking in Stirling. He was a prophet, and I was all excited, wanting a prophetic word. We Arthur and that was up there, we Arthur and his church. And, uh, and basically, the, the, the fellow called Ray Stokes, he never spoke a prophetic word. He spoke for First Corinthians. And he talked about how Paul started by saying, I, Paul, called to be an apostle by the will of God. I'm sitting going, what the heck is he going with this? But he opened this right up and it beautifully explained that Paul was saying, man never gave me this job. I'm, I am a special messenger by God's calling. God gave me this job. So the next day, I'm in a pastor's house I was staying in at the time, and I goes, what you called me for? And I seen a, I seen this scene for Braveheart. I hadn't watched it in years, but the scene at Stirling when all the troops are saying, "I can't, I'm no fighting English are too many. I, I, they're too big. The giants are too big. The problems are too big. My enemy, my mental health, my addiction, too big." And and Wallace rides down the horse and says, "I run, run away for your problems, and you might live a while, at least a while." But dying in your addiction, dying in your depression, dying in your psychosis, dying in your, your unresolved issues that you've not had the guts to face. What would you be willing to trade all the days you're wasted in defeat and resignation to come back here and tell your enemy, you might take my life, but you're not going to take my freedom to choose. You're not going to take my freedom to choose life, to choose freedom, to choose healing, to choose restoration. I heard inside... I, Derek Moyer, called to be a freedom fighter by the will of God. That was God giving me my job title, 2009. So I've been doing that ever since. I believe that that's what my... Uh, I didn't get dressed up for nothing. Everything I went through, like you guys, you're on a journey. Everything, everything we go through is important because God uses it all. 
So I'm no, I'm no talking out a textbook. I'm no talking out a, you know, oh, you know, you've been to this college and yes, continue to do the things. But I know uh, I've had to fight for my freedom. I've had to continue to, uh, to, to seek God and not take him seriously. So, just before I say any more, uh, just take a few minutes, right, this morning. St. Augustine said this, We need to be emptied of all that fills us, so that we can be filled with what we're empty of. And this is just not a nice wee saying. It's very powerful, spiritual truth. See what is filling us. See when our hearts are full of all sorts. Nothing else can get in when we are full of fear, full of shame, full of doubt, full of anxiety, full of worry, full of unworthiness. All these things that can dominate us and control us and obsess our minds. Just naming that stuff before Jesus I, want to, I, I name this. What's going on inside of me? I name it. To, to be released to it. Name it. To be emptied of it so that we can be filled with what we're empty of. That's how it works. Name these things and bring it to Jesus. And just trust that he can actually fill us with something that we've no got. So I'm going to put a wee bit of quiet music on. And I'll just, just say four, four minutes. Just ask the Lord. Just be honest before we hear their word. What is what's going on with me? Or another question is, what do I need today?
into God's presence. Ah, that's my favourite place to be over the years. When all the storms calm down in the heat and you, and you get make room for God to speak to you. It's where life comes from. Remember Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart with all vigilance, because out of it flows all the issues of your life. Above everything else that you guard, and the Amplified, it talks about keeping, guarding and keeping your heart. And keep means to keep it in a certain condition. Because, you know, the majority of your problems, you know, get worse <laughs> when our hearts are not right and we keep going on and on with these hearts that are completely out of shape. So it's so important to bring our hearts before Jesus and actually let him help uh, expose, reveal what's going on, you know, so that we, we find that rest and that peace. So I've got really good news today, really good news this morning. I've been doing a series on entering into rest, and it was the last, I think, first day I was here, actually, first time I was speaking about it, and I was telling you, I was speaking at the retreat with Charles and that, doing in Shannon, and I was speaking about how Jesus said, you know, it was said of Jesus, he led captivity captive. Nobody we know, neither big hard man pals or these gangsters we've been associated with, nobody could ever say that they took captivity captive. Nobody. And uh, the next night I'm out quiet and I hear inside, who's ever invited you into rest? Now, I could quote you, Matthew 11, 28 to 30, I could probably talk about it over the years, but when I heard that, a quiet, who's ever invited me into rest? It just struck me that how important this was and how significant. And no, we think we memorise a scripture, we think we know it. You know, there's more light in they, these words than we've saw. So it's about staying humble. When we think, I know that. I've been like that so many times. I know that, I think I know that. And then you're, you're closing yourself off to further understanding that actually blesses, enhances, updates your life. So this for me was, who's ever invited you into rest? And I'm going, nobody, you know. Basically, they invite me into more burdens. You know, come and do this for me, you do this, you do that. You're going, okay then, you know. So Jesus saying, I give you rest. And for me with psychosis, is anybody in here no had psychosis? Can I just ask? Has <laughs> everybody in here been paranoid out of their head because of drugs? Aye. Well, you can totally relate that uh, rest for that. I, want, I, I, I've, I spent my full life chasing relief for what I had done to myself. You know, the, the, the reality was I had coped with how the crap that happened to me, how I was coping, didn't help. It's all I knew. I'd done the best of what I knew. That's how I knew how to make life work for myself, but it didn't work because it just made, it made, gave me more problems like as all. And then you're, when your mind is, is broken in two and you can't, you can't have a conversation with folk for 
for fighting paranoia and anxiety and emotions getting stirred. Uh, that was a hell on earth living like that. That's how I lived for years. And um, so to get rest for that is like, wow. Not just physical, because you can just go, oh, you're just talking about lying down. I've had plenty of rest in my life. But you're talking about mental and spiritual rest. And uh, so the day, the message is learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Big man, can you put uh, the Hebrew scripture up, please? So, this, this chapter was confused me. It's a bit of a mystery to me for, for all the years. Because you read it and you go, I kind of think I know what that's talking about. But I think you need to be a Jew and you need to come f- for some Bible theo- theological degree to understand all the background. It's quite a complicated connection. You need to know the history of Israel and to really understand what chapter 4 of Hebrews is, how he's opening it up, because it's written to Jewish folk, by a Jew. And, uh, but he starts by, therefore, because he's talking about the last chapter, and he's saying that in chapter 3 that there's a rest for God's people, but these are famous four, the famous four issues that kept people out of rest was sin, disobedience, rebellion and unbelief. They didn't enter into God's promise of rest. Now it's a promise, the same promise that we've had with salvation. You heard that Jesus can save me from my sins. What? If I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, confess in my mouth, believe in my heart, I'll be saved. Well, that's a promise that everybody in here, I think, has activated. We've heard it, we've believed it, we've confessed it, and then we've, we've acted on it. Same thing happens with rest. God gave his people a promise of rest, but they didn't believe. Remember in, 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 in uh, Numbers chapter 13, uh, m- m- sp- ten spent, uh, they sent the spies into the land. God uh, t- you know, inf- tells Moses about the, the deal, about the promised land. And they send 12 spies in. Two come back with a good report saying, we are well able to overcome this. This is your land. The ten come back saying, no, the giant, they're giants, they're giants. There's giants in the land, there's too much problems, we're never going to be able to do it. I can't do it. I'm never going to get that. We can't get that. We can't go there. And what basically Hebrews 3 is is, is, uh, describing is they never entered into God's promise. God was wanting to give them rest. He was wanting to give them peace. He was wanting to give them healing. He was wanting to give them restoration. But they never, they never entered into it because of sin, disobedience, rebellion, and unbelief. But I'm just going to focus on the unbelief today. Right? So, Hebrews 4 then goes on to say, Therefore, the promise of entering God's rest is still for us today. He still says, by the way, I've got a place of rest for you. I've got a place of rest. Doddy, Jamie... Willie, Joe, I've got places of rest for you. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of this promise and not fail to experience it because of the same pattern of unbelief. I'm not deserving of rest. What's your name, Mark. At the graduation last week, Mark was telling his story. And Mark was sharing that like us all, 
after years of sin and carnage and, uh, and failure. Deep down, Mark, I, th- I think I, I, I caught the, you know, the, the essence of what he said was, I don't deserve this. Has anybody else felt that? Right. So we hear and hear and hear and hear, God's got this great plan for you. He's got rest for you. But the, the default belief after years of failure, years of messing it up, we can say a lot stronger words than that, but years of carnage, there's this, in this belief inside, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. Not true? Does anybody else feel like that? Does anybody else feel like that sometimes? So, what you're battling with is, there's a truth here, and I'm getting this truth presented to me, but my default says, there's something wrong with you. It's not just that you've done things wrong, but there's something wrong with you. There's a difference between guilt and shame. The best, uh, I've done a course on grace years ago, Freedom in Christ Ministries, and uh, the f- best definition I've ever heard. Guilt is the feelings, the legitimate feelings that we have when we do something wrong. Shame is the feelings that there's something wrong with me. Remember uh, Luke 15, the prodigal son, like us all, ruined their lives, our own lives, ruined our own lives with wild, reckless living. And Jesus explains, describes this to the people he's talking to. It was so important because the people he was talking to were scoffing and saying, what are you doing talking to? That's a rough laugh. What are you doing talking to? These losers, these junkies, these, these sinners. And, and Jesus told them three stories. Finishing with the lost son, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. And he's, he's basically saying, That's, the, boy, the guys that you're talking about, you're, con, you're, you're, you're talking, don't you? I've <coughs> just lost, they've lost their way. And then he explains what happened to the lost son and how he ruined his life. And he ends up, worst, worst case scenario for a Jew, in a pig pen, actually looking to the pig food. It was the dirtiest place he could ever, he could ever imagine to be, the, the description he was talking about. And then when he's in that place of pure destruction and devastation and need, he's realising, my father's slaves have got more money and food than me. I'm going back to my dad. And he resolves in his heart, I'm going back to my dad. And when he gets to his dad, you think, look, us, the way we treat ourselves, you get punished, you get condemned, you get rejected, but the father's watching and waiting for him and runs to him and embraces him and kisses him and then throws a party for him. Gives him the ring, puts a sandal on his shoes, his, his feet, you know, and, and kills the fatted calf. And, and, the, and the story is beautiful that Jesus explains, this is how my father is to people who are lost. He doesn't condemn and reject them. He loves them. He restores them. He doesn't treat them the way they should, that we think, the way you should be treated here is, you know, you should be condemned, shouldn't you? You know, they should be punished for that. But hear the son's response. The son said this, Father, 
I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. Just keep me a slave. Because I'm a slave. Right? Well, I'm a slave. I'm a junkie. I'm an addict. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I've got mental health problems because of what I've done. That's who I am. Father, just make me one of your, make me one of your slaves. Because I'm more comfortable living like a slave. Does anybody else feel like that? See, my, see my, one of the things that I've noticed most and the tragedies I see with people who come out of rehab and you're working with them, they get back. They don't get back as, like, you know, they've not had this amazing experience. But there's a default inside that says, I'm more comfortable or here as a junkie. Was an addict, or that, and I'm, I'm not saying that derogatory. I'm, I'm saying it. We have to challenge that kind of thinking. I'm more comfortable sitting, hanging about here, and that's not who we are. But that's how we've, we've known. I, I'm not that educated. I'm not that. I, I'm. I, I've not got that much worth. I don't deserve this. And we fail to enter in because of the unbelief. You get that? I failed to enter in, like, you know, like I was saying with the, the prodigal son, the son, who says, I just want to stay a slave. I'm, I'm, I don't deserve this. So, can you put the mafia living up, please? Sir? Um, this is mafia living 28 to 30, but Is it, are you weary? Carrying a heavy burden. Come to me. I will refresh your life. This is the passion. For I am your oasis. Simply join your life with me, with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. And you will find rest and refreshment in me. For all that I require, you will be pleasant and easy to bear. The message translation says... Is it, did they know this? They heard this in the message? No. Let's hear this one. The message says, Eugene Pearson is a pastor for 30 years. He captures something here. He says, look, I've spent 30 years of my life trying to speak God's word to the, to the people in my congregation so that they get it, so that they understand it, trying to convey what the word says so that people can, oh, I know what that means and I can believe that. So his translation is, are you tired? Are you burnt out? Are you worn out with all this stuff? And I know I, I've been we totally sick and tired. I've been sick and tired. Totally sick and tired of defeat and the, and, the, and the pain of the story. Are you burned out in religion? He said, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and walk with me. What shall I do it? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Right? So, uh, this, this, pro, this description here about learning the unforced rhythms of grace... 
to learn, as we know, is to gain or acquire knowledge or skill by study or experience or being taught. So we need to learn how do I, how do I live in such a way that I can flow in God's rhythm and tempo to believe what he says for me so that I can live life no longer trapped, stuck in the same old patterns, stuck in the same old slave mentality, addict mentality. You know, moving into, I'm learning. I've learned the skill of, of adapting myself to the flow of God. I'm not, this is not complicated, by the way. What I'm, what I'm saying is possible. Uh, the last wee bit of Hebrews 4. Can you go back to that verse 9 to 11, please? Talks about this. Look, there is still a full and complete Sabbath rest waiting for us to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease for our own works, just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. How many folk have tried and tried and tried to get well? How many folk have tried, their own efforts have went to the programs, have tried, have tried, have put the graft in, but it's not changed. You've not changed how, how your desires are. Can it change your nature? I've taught me the other week at Charity's Retreat, John 8, 31 to 36, we know it, you shall know the truth, truth makes you free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus talks to Jews who are telling him, who do you mean freedom? We've never been enslaved. To, we've not been bondage to any. They're complete denial. They're enslaved in Rome. But they've been enslaved for years. But they're saying, we've not been enslaved to any. Right, so complete denial. And Jesus cuts right through all this and says, listen, see, anybody who sins is a slave to sin. No matter if you say you're, you're you're weird. Abraham's descendants, that's what they were saying. But we, we've came from Abraham, so we are right because of which church we went to or many meetings we went to. Jesus, listen, that doesn't mean anything. Because see if you sin, no matter who you are, what your grandparents went, church went to, if you sin, you're a slave to sin. And he says this amazing thing. If this, a, slave, a, a slave is never welcome in the house. True. A slave is just a servant. He's never in the house. He says, but the son, he's in the house forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. You know what that means? First, I've actually, for the first time, seen that the other week there. Was actually, Jesus was actually pointing out, listen, I'm telling you, just because you went to this religion and that religion and you go to their meetings and you do this, see, without me, you'll never be free. Because I go to the very root of your sin nature. Remember 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, Who his own self, Jesus, took our sin in his own body in the tree. When he was crucified, he took our sin nature, our self nature in his own body in the tree, that we would be dead to sin and live unto righteousness. By his stripes we are healed. Right? So, so uh, you know, the, the, the point he was making was, Jesus is the mediator between God and man. He bridged the gap to this, this, what our flesh could never do, our human ability, our efforts, can he save us? 
This, this talks about this. We enter into God's faith rest life and we stop our own works. Oh, see if after years of beating the air, smash, hit, try, hit, hit the target and you, you're, you're directing your efforts and you never successfully overcome. That is the most frustrating thing, isn't it? I had, I had dreams for years. This is 1 Corinthians 9. Paul says, uh, you know, the, the athletes that are, that are fight, that are, that are, you know, that are uh, competing for, for the gold medals, he says, makes a point about that, and then he goes on to say, uh, so because of this, I don't fight as one who beats the air. I don't run my life with aimless uncertainty. Right? So what's the point now? He's saying, look, we, you, you know, we have to direct our efforts to successfully overcome. I had dreams for years. I was shooting my enemy and the bullet was going right by him. Or I was helplessly in a, in a boxing ring and I was punching and the punch was missing. But that was, a, that was God showing me how you're living your life. That's the impact you're having on the real enemies of your life. How you're directing your efforts isn't it? It's not hitting the target. You're not hitting the. You're not hitting the enemy right in the jaw. You're not actually getting somewhere. So what I'm communicating today is that there's a place to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Unforced means it's not produced by effort. Feels like a contradiction because it says in the, the, the original translation. By the way. Since there's a rest for his labour to enter into it. And you're going, this is confusing me, man. How do I have to labour to enter into rest? It feels like it's a contradiction, doesn't it? You're going, you're telling me I've got rest, but I need to work for it. But the work is, I need to relearn my way of thinking. This is what you're doing in the rehab. There's ways of thinking that you need to, to update yourselves with. And relearn so that actually I have found a place of rest. So, personal experience. Uh, my psychosis, right? At one point in my life, I've been doing these wee things for years. See, see when I got an instruction for God, uh, I would write it down. And I wrote it down in cards like this. I would write the context, I would write the instruction, and I would write the action points to apply. And uh, so I took this thing serious because I was desperate. Has anybody else been in here been desperate? When you're desperate, you need to put action into actually getting free. And my context here was the circumstances that formed the setting for this instruction was I was totally burdened with anxiety. Heavy laden, weighed down with worry, with care, clogged up with guilt and the sense of failure of past mistakes. And I was condemning and punishing myself. Anybody else did that? Ever, anybody else ever done that? We reject, we cut, condemn, we punish ourselves when we get it right. That's my pattern because that's how I get brought up. I was coaching myself the same way I get, I get, uh, I get trained from my father. So the question was, what do I do to deal with self-punishing thoughts and failures that are eating away at me? So... I'm doing this beach. I was away at a retreat. And uh, I was doing the Stevenson Beach. I was staying next to this place in the Sanderlands, uh, you know, in Stevenson. And I, I used to go down there with my chair. I was sitting in the sand dunes and I would wait on God. 
And I thought I was being as holy as anything. It was probably one of the best prayers I'd ever prayed at that point in my life. But I'm sitting by the side of the beach. And I'm... And I'm uh, <clears throat> the context was I'd went to this retreat and I'd, I'd, I'd been running about people and I got all this fear come in. And I was, I was no interacting well. And there was shame. There was, there was that sense of punishing myself because I'm just sick of this man. I'm sick that I'm no relaxed. I'm sick that I'm no free to be myself. And I'm doing it at the side of the beach and I'm praying, Father, grant me the faith to let go of this inner pain. I thought I was being so holy, man. I thought I was being so, that was a great prayer. And immediately I heard inside, you're praying the wrong prayer. Right? And, you know, so I'm in my shirt quiet. And I heard inside, God correcting me, saying, pray uh, f- t- pray, grant me the faith to accept my inner pain. Total game changer. You know, you'll have something in your life you can all relate with that you've had something that has caused you so much pain and shame, like Mark was talking about, that I don't deserve this. So, this p- place is so, uh, you're so bound there. You know, whether it's I feel unworthy, I'm a slave, I'm a, you know, because of this I'm disqualified, I'm, I'm, I'm a reject, there's no hope for me. You know, whatever that is in your heart, I'm praying, let me let go of this, man. I'm sick of this fear running my life, paranoia kicking in and I'm, 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 I'm like a gimp. You know, you're not able to relax, you're not able to engage well. <laughs> you know, and you're punishing yourself about it. But God was saying to me, you're praying the wrong prayer. So this this beautiful correction for me was about can you grant me the faith to accept this? And then I get three scriptures immediately like that. Boom, boom, boom. Three scriptures. So out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established, remember? And the first is Matthew 7. Jesus member saying, um, I seek knock if if uh, if you're if your son asks you for a, a bit of bread, you're going to give him a, a snake. He goes, if you, being evil, know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father have to give you, give, give, uh, give you give, uh, good gifts? And then it was uh, Luke 15, the, the prodigal. He didn't get condemned and punished. He's walking back after wasting his life, ruining his life, Luke 15. And... The father runs to him and what did he do? Embraced him. He didn't condemn him. It's great news for us, by the way. Then the next one was John 8. The woman caught in the very act of adultery. She's sleeping with somebody and caught. So she's probably naked, dragged through the street by these religious zealots, bring it to Jesus and go, Look! Look at her. Look at Nick here. You can imagine all the things that's going on here. She's caught in the act. You have to remember. She's in the act of sex. And she's getting dragged down. And they say to him. Moses. The law. Says she should be stoned. The law says. Legitimately. That she should get punished for this. And condemned. And and actually get killed. Jesus. Doesn't he respond. He, he, He kneels in the ground and. 
starts writing on the ground. And I've heard over the years, the first time I heard a guy speak this, what do you think he was writing? <laughs> you know, maybe it was some of the, 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 the mistresses' names of the, <laughs> the guys. But he's, he then he, he puts his seat up and says, the one among you without sin. You throw the first stone. And how that disarmed from the oldest to the youngest drop their stones and all walk away because their consciences had all been pricked with this sense of I know I, I have done much wrong in my own life. So then Jesus turns does no one condemn you? Neither they are. Go and sin no more. So the beauty of this for me at the time was Jesus is coming to fulfill the law but he releases somebody from the penalty of the law. Great news for us failures. Because you're going, I deserve, I'm no worthy. I deserve to be condemned. And he actually, he says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. That is my Jesus. That's who I, that's, that's who I respect. That's, what I, that's, that's how I know I'm standing here. Able to talk about. Because see, see, see if we didn't do this, we'd all be completely uh, bound and disabled because of the failures. We continue to fall into the ranks in our lives. So, you know, it, it, what it spoke to me at the time was Jesus' release to her in lack of condemnation gave her the power not to sin anymore. See, when somebody's condemning you constantly and you're condemning yourself, you don't change. You don't change. You know, it's you're forcing yourself, you're dirty, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, whatever the way your father taught you, the way, the way, you were, the way you've been brought up, and, you know, some of you have they kind of backgrounds, and it just doesn't motivate you. You know, this sense of grace, the word grace is, it talks about unmerited, free, undeserved favour, unearned favour. But there's some that misses out in the, the Oxford Dictionary, talks about it in Webster's Dictionary, talks about the ability of God, the divine assistance and enablement of God. Right? So, see, when you know this, this is the, the labouring to enter into rest, because see, when we don't know these things, we don't believe for them. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. When I know that God gives me undeserved, unearned favour, free favour, when I know that His Ability, grace is God's ability working in me, making me able to do the things I cannot do in my own ability. The 12 steps have got that right. That they talk about you need a power that's greater than you to restore you, to keep you. But you don't talk about who, who Jesus is. You're never going to enter in and believe. You can just talk a wee bit about that and you know that's as far as you'll go. But with Jesus... Hearing more and more about what he promises, you go, What? I want I want all of that. 
And this, this uh, journey that we're all on at different levels about learning the unforced that I can actually relate to God knowing my own efforts but by but based upon his grace based upon that free and unearned forgiveness and mercy and healing uh, and restoration it's really great great news um, aye so you know entering into that and learning that at all the different levels we're in is is part of part of the journey so I just I just want to finish with prayer and if that's really touched you today you know, because I know at diff- everybody's at different levels here, and guys are just beginning the journey. And it, for me, as Mark was saying at his testimony night, it's a process. You know, uh, healing is a process. You can't, you can't, you can't rush the journey. A process is a series of actions or steps towards achieving a particular end. So. You know, we're, we're all in process here. And there's a process of learning how to treat ourselves differently. Renewing the mind. Starting to think and, and respond the way God trains us to. Leads us to then enter into that rest. So, just, we'll just close our eyes, boys, to finish. So Father, we just thank you this morning for the unforced rhythms of grace. We thank you that, Lord, you said, come to me and I'll show you how to get a real rest. A real rest from all this pain, from all this shame, from all the self-punishment, the condemnation we can live under, the rejection, the suffering of that. God, I thank you, just what you showed me when I was begging you, trying out, think I was praying this amazing prayer. Grant me the faith to let go of this. God, that you told me you're praying the right prayer. Pray to grant me the faith to accept. And God, just like the prodigal, he get accepted and embraced. Just like the woman caught in adultery, she get accepted and embraced. No rejected and punished. But God, they still had to believe. They had, they had to believe that what you were saying was true, that they could trust you. That they could say, listen, I trust you. I trust you with my pain. I trust you that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. And I can then relax. I can then start enjoying the journey rather than struggling and straining and punishing myself, trying with all my might to change. So I just pray, God, for each heart today, lift shame. We name that shame, the unworthiness, because do you know what I've done? 
Do you not know how I've ruined my life? Do you not know what I've done to my children? Do you not know what I've done to my family? God, I thank you that you know all of that. That you say, listen, I don't condemn you. But go and sin no more. So I pray this morning, God, for that rest. I pray, God, for each heart that, Lord, that we would joyfully, God, say, I embrace and accept even these worst parts of me. I, I accept it, I accept and embrace, but I choose best now. I choose freedom. I choose to I choose to receive forgiveness. I choose to receive healing. I choose to believe God's living in me and his victory and his righteousness and his grace is living in and through me. And he wants rest and freedom for me. So God, we choose you today. We give your past. And we thank you, God, for giving us a future. In Jesus' name. Amen. This has been the Freedom Fighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to connect with our services or you want more info or details about upcoming events, connect with us online at www.freedomfighters.life or drop us an email at info at freedomfighters.life. Until next time, God bless you.